Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing hot takes and analysis across the sport and landscape. Straight talk, no chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We On Fire Sports Podcast, episode number five, season number two. Once again, we're right back at you with a banger. On this episode, I'm going to get into the situation with Tua, man, taking a, taking a crushing hit, man, on national TV for the Miami Dolphins, man. It was a tough situation as the NFL has been under a lot of fire over them concussions. And here we are again with that situation with the National Football League. I'm going to get into that. We got Draymond Green, man, once again, once again, not with the podcast, but still an off. Jordan Poole for the Golden State Warriors in practice the other day. I'm going to get into that. Man, great man. Man, man. Really? Really, bro? Anyway, also, too, we're going to take a look at the NFL week number five look. We're going to take a look across the National Football League, what teams are kind of heating up a little bit and what teams need this victory really in week number five. Also, too, I got my NFL big five, my five power rankings of the National Football League teams that's at the top of the heap. This opposite in my eyes through the first five, four weeks, I'm sorry, of the NFL season. So we're gonna absolutely get into that. Once again, I wanna thank everybody for listening. Season number two, episode number five, We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, in the NFL, Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua, suffered a concussion. Man, live on television, man, it was definitely a sight that nobody would wish to see. And it's caused an uproar across the National Football League due to the fact of just their long journey with the concussion situation from previous and past players who played in this league. Players suffering from CTE, which is a condition that wasn't diagnosed fully or was disclosed by the National Football League until roughly about a decade or so ago. So this has always been a hot button issue with the National Football League. And for obvious reasons. I mean, players that play in the league, I mean, they're pretty much workers. And they have, you know, families, even though it's professional. At the end of the day, you're a worker because, you know, the owners of these franchises are the owners. So, definitely, I always sided with the players during that fight for the historical settlement that the National Football League doled out to the previous players and just their suffering overall. So, as we rolled into this situation with Tua, I mean, we saw the game the previous week with him as far as, you know, trying to shake the cobwebs out. Anybody who's ever put on some shoulder pads at any level of football know that that guy had a concussion. And they was just trying to keep it moving, trying to play. And players are going to want to play. That's what players do. Players want to play. But for the National Football League, you just simply can't have that, especially on a short week. Thursday night football. And you know, I've been bigging up the Miami Dolphins this season with the season they've had so far. 
And even I thought, you know, after seeing the highlights from the previous Sunday game rolling into Thursday, that there might be a situation here. But I leaned on the discretion of the team. Hey, if they feel like this guy's straight, you know, they have professionals, this is a professional sports league, then they're going to do their due diligence to make sure that this guy, you know, won't have any setbacks. Obviously, they didn't. And so this is where we're at with it now, man. And I think this is a lesson learned across all the teams across the National Football League. Word on the street is, is that the NFL is going to change up what they're trying to do. And so, you know, we'll see. We definitely will see. You know, I think that this is something that the National Football League didn't want to come back to the forefront. And I think it's human nature, man, that the NFL and the players and the people overseeing head injuries across the NFL was a little lax. You know, teams are trying to win. It's a competitive sport. And I get that. But I just simply think that Tua shouldn't have not been out there on Thursday night. I think they should have aired with caution. You know, and the coach, you know, they put him in a precarious situation because he the one was filling all the questions after the game and after the incident. And I'm like, man, where's the where's the general manager? Where's, you know, another spokesperson for the Miami Dolphins? You just gonna put it all on the coach, even though he was involved. But he's a coach. I mean, it's look, 52 dudes out there, man, 52 players. There's a lot going on during an active NFL game. So, a lot of stuff I can't put all the way on the coach. You know, they put him in a tough spot. So, I think the NFL, they got to get this right from a standpoint of they got to relook at, you know, their whole protocol. And that's what they've been stating, that they're going to take another look, a deep dive into the controls and what they have in place as far as head injuries are concerned. And just to see... Tua go down and just see the reaction and his hand movements after watching it live. I mean, it was definitely something that no parent, no person who follows the sport, fan, loved one, would never wish on anybody. So first and foremost, man, I hope Tua gets a a good recovery. I think that they need to take their time with this situation. You know, hopefully he's able to get back on the football field at some point during this season as the Miami Dolphins are currently 3-1, and one, man, and trying to make a move in the AFC East. So we'll see. We'll see how this situation unfolds. We on 5 Sports Podcast definitely had to get into that whole tool situation. Appreciate you guys for listening. We on 5 Sports Podcast. NFL is going into week number five as we just had the Thursday night game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos. As Indianapolis was able to pull out a not-so-good football game. In my opinion, man, this game was very, very sloppy and unentertaining on Thursday night football as the Colts won 12-9. The Boo Birds came out out in Denver, man, for Russell Wilson. It looks like it's been a tough situation for him so far for the Denver Broncos, man, as they dropped the 2-3 and three on the season. For me, though, man, they only 2-3. and three. You know, I know a lot of people out in Denver panicking right now, man. A lot of people screaming, let Russ cook. And when he cook, it's not a good dish he cooking right now. 
But I think that Denver has an opportunity, man, just to kind of get their uh, train back on the rails, man. So we'll see how it goes moving forward for them for the rest of the season. Also, too, man, we got coming up this Sunday a full slate of games, man. We got the London game, man, for the early birds at 9.30 a.m. Eastern here in the States. We got the New York Giants, man, playing against the, uh, playing against the Green Bay Packers. Which both these teams are three and one. Giants surprising a lot of team, a lot of people across the National Football League of being three and one so far this season. But I think the Pats, Pat, uh, hold on in this football game, man, across the pond, and they take care of their business in the Giants in this one. And Rodgers, they've been winning very, very ugly so far this season as well. But I just think that they're a slightly better football team, man, than the uh, New York Giants, man. But the Giants have definitely been creeping on the come up so far this season. Another matchup got my eye on, man is the Buffalo Bills taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. And Buffalo, to me, I think they're the best team in the National Football League, even though they're 3-1. I think for them, man, this is a situation where the Steelers, they've been struggling. They had to change the Kenny Pickett at quarterback. I think the Bills should go up and steamroll the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, in this matchup. But, you know, Mike Tomlin and company going to have his ball club at least uh, geared up for that one. Then we got the Chargers and Browns, man. Both these teams are 2-2 two two on the season. Chargers have had a litany of injuries so far during the season. Uh, had definitely the scare with Justin Herbert with the rib situation, but looks like he's been able to bounce back over the last couple of weeks. Cleveland Browns, man, they've just been up and down, man, losing a heartbreaker last week to the Atlanta Falcons, so they're trying to pick up the pieces in their situation, man, but I got the Chargers, man, taking this one. Then we got my Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Bears coming in 2-2, two two. Vikings 3-1. This game up in Minnesota. Man, Justin Fields has been a lot of ups and downs, man. The offensive line for the Chicago Bears is still struggling. Defense has been playing a little better than expected, even though teams have been running the ball on them a little bit. Too much for my liking. Then we got the Minnesota Vikings, man, a team that's just straight up the enigma. You know, if they're not playing on primetime TV, they look like they're the best team in the National Football League. Every time they play on primetime, looks like Kirk Cousins and company always falls short, man. Then we got the Detroit Lions, man, versus the New England Patriots. Detroit coming off, almost dropping a 50-piece in the last football game, man, getting them a victory. The Patriots, man, got an injury to Mac Jones, the quarterback. So they're trying to pick up the pieces, man, and Bill Belichick is trying to piece together the season, man. It's not looking good so far as the offense has been pretty putrid so far this season. Then we got Seattle, man, going on the road, taking on the New Orleans Saints down in New Orleans. They got their injuries as well. Kamara, not sure if he's going to play this week. It's going to be, looks like a game-time decision. We got Jameis Winston out with the back injury. Man, the Saints just trying to pick up the pieces, man. So this is a game to me. I think for Seattle's standpoint, you got Geno Smith, man, looking like the old Russell Wilson out of Seattle. I think that the Seattle uh, Seahawks actually pull off a victory, man, in New Orleans in this one, handling their business. Then we got the Dolphins versus the Jets. Dolphins coming in 3-1. and one. All who may know is know the situation with Tua. He's not going to be able to play in this game. Got Teddy Bridgewater being the starter in this tilt. Also, too, with the Jets, we got Zach Wilson coming back in the fold. They had a pretty good week last week. The Jets coming in 2-2 two and two in this game. I think this is going to be a dogfight game, man. This is going to be, to me, I think maybe one of the most entertaining games this uh, weekend. But I do have the Jets actually handling business at home, man. They 0-2 so far this home, so I think they do for a home victory. I got the Jets over the Dolphins. Then we got the Falcons versus the Bucks as the Falcons travel down to lovely Tampa. 
to take on the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Bay has had their litany of injuries. Just got steamrolled by the Kansas City Chiefs last week. So, for them, it's a bounce-back game for them. I think they definitely handled their business against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Tampa has one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And Atlanta has one of the most timid offenses in the National Football League. So, for them... You know, I think that uh, Tampa's going to pretty much be able to pull this game out. Also, to Atlanta got Cordell Patterson out in this tilt as well, so it's going to hurt them on the offensive end. Then we got the Tennessee Titans versus the Washington Commanders. This game is up in Washington. Tennessee is one of those Enigma teams, man. Derrick Henry looked like he was, you know, getting old out there through the first two games of the season, but he's been able to pick up the pieces. The offense has been moving a little bit against the Commanders team that got Carson Wentz after him. Never know his situation. He's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. But I do have the commanders actually pulling this game off at home, man, taking care of their business against the Tennessee Titans. Then we got the Texans versus the Jaguars, the Texas 0-3-1 on the season. I think they're the only team in the National Football League that haven't won the game so far against uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville trying to get it in the right direction with Doug Peterson and the company, man. So for them, I think they handle their business at home as well down in Jacksonville against the Houston Texans. Then we got the Niners versus the Panthers. The Niners coming in at two and two. Panthers coming in at one and three. You know the Baker Mayfield show has not been a good good show so far down in Charlotte. I think they may make a change soon. I pretty much think I feel like that's a situation that will happen to Sam Donald who at some point will be in the helm. We got Jimmy G and company going down to Charlotte. I think Jimmy G and company with that 49ers defense handling their business in Charlotte against the uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Then we got the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Rams out in Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. The Cowboys coming in at three and one. We got Dak, Dak Prescott still out. Got Cooper Rush still under the hem for them. And we got Matt Stafford who. If he ain't going to Cooper Cup, he ain't going to nobody else. Their offense has been underwhelming. Can't run the football as well so far. So I think this is going to be one of the most interesting games. I think the Rams is a more talented team you know, currently. I think they should be able to handle their bitters against the Cowboys. I think that luck runs out this week for Cooper Rush. Then we got the Philadelphia Eagles. They're taking on the, taking on the Phoenix and Arizona Cardinals. So we got them tilting off the Eagles 4-0, the best team in the National Football League. We also, too, got the uh, we got the Cardinals coming in at 2-2 two two on the season so far. So I think that this is a game where Philadelphia, they just got to prove something. You know, they got the most high-powered offense in the league. Jalen Hurts is playing some of the best football of his life currently. And so for me, I think that the Eagles don't take a L, man, traveling out to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. As I think the Cardinals pick up the pieces. I think this is going to be an exciting matchup between Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining games so far uh, this weekend. But I got the Arizona Cardinals handing the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss. And we got the Sunday night tilt between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Both of these teams coming in at 2-2. Baltimore... They played good three quarters of football, and it looks like the fourth quarter for them hasn't been promising so far this season. We got two, the Cincinnati Bengals, who looks like the offensive line still has issues with Joe Burrow under the rest at all times, but they've been able to gut out a couple wins the last couple weeks. I think this is one of those divisional tilts where, you know, I think the winner of this game can, can blast off and maybe make a run for a couple consecutive games. This one is a pick em and a toss man, but I think that Baltimore finally 
finally wins a game at home, man. I don't see them losing their first three games at home to start the season, man. So I got Baltimore in that one. And then finally, we got the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs 3-1 so far this season. Just got through steamrolling the Tampa Bay Bucks last week. We got the Raiders 1-3. Every game for them is survival. You know, this is a divisional matchup. I think, you know, the Raiders, they know pretty much this is going to be about their season in this matchup. But I have the Kansas City Chiefs handling their business at home. I think they're going to drop the Raiders to, to one and four. I think the Chiefs are fi- finally trying to figure out their offense. And Pat- Patrick Mahomes has been spreading the ball around pretty well. So I got the Chiefs handling their business at home in the Monday Night Football tilt. So, once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, man, as we take a good preview. It's weekend coming up, week number five in the National Football League. I want to thank everybody for listening. We On Fire Sports Podcast. You know it's fall, man, when it's postseason time for Major League Baseball. And first, I want to congratulate Mr. Albert Pujols for getting the 700 home run club. It's a prestigious club. Albert Pujols, to me, is one of the best hitters I've seen over the last 20 years, hands down. I mean, me being a Cubs fan, watching this guy put in work for the St. Louis Cardinals, I mean, he's the most respected St. Louis Cardinal, in my opinion, that I've had, other than, you know, the great Ozzie Wizard Smith. But, you know, Pujols... Congratulations to him. He's had a long, outstanding career. Currently out with out there with the Los Angeles Angels. And making that 700 home run club is a prestigious, prestigious club. So definitely congratulations to him. Also, two congratulations to Aaron Judge. Hitting number 62 for the Yankees. Passing the great Roger Maris. You know, and most people consider that the home run record. 62 home runs. You know, we've had the situation with Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, and the whole steroids era, Sandy Sosa. And Bonds is currently at the top with an asterisk. Now, there's been a little debate whose home run record should be legit. Barry Bonds or Aaron Jones. And for me, I thought Bonds was the best left-handed hitter I've seen in my generation. And that's no disrespect to Ken Griffey Jr. Because I think they like 1A, 1B. But I think there's a lot of baseball players that's under a certain cloud of using. Using illegal substances. Cheating the game. For me... I think that Barry Bonds, he didn't have to do all of that. He was one of the best hitters and best all-around baseball players before he even went out to San Francisco and played for the Giants, which is this when this alleged illegal use of steroids began. But for me, I still think it should be Bonds' record. I think that we've seen some guys get into the Hall of Fame very recently who had some shady situations, what must I say, with steroids usage. Or alleged steroid use, such as the David Ortiz's of the world and so forth. And I ain't picking on Big Papa. He's one of my favorite baseball players. You know, true legend. You know, came in the league with the Minnesota Twins and obviously made his mark with the Boston Red Sox. But to me, I think it's Bond's record. 
you know, in a season as well as overall, just the number of home runs he's hit. And so definitely had to give my take in that. Also, too, we got the postseason kicking off, man. And so right now we're in the wild card round, man. We got the Blue Jays versus the Manners, man, in the AL wild card series. We also, too, got the Cleveland Guardians going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. And the winner of that Blue Jays and Mariners series will take on, it appears, the winner of the 4-5, which would, 4-5 seed, which would be the Toronto Blue Jays and the, and the Mariners. And the winner of the Guardians and the Rays will take on the New York Yankees in the ALDS. Over in the NL, we got the Mets taking on the Padres. Also, we got the St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. The winner of the Cardinals and Phillies would take on the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS, and the winner of the Mets and the Padres would take on the Los Angeles Dodgers, who finished the Major League with the most record, well, the most wins in Major League Baseball this season. So it was an interesting format. You know, the commissioner of Major League Baseball and baseball, they changed up the format this year to make, you know, and got rid of the one-game playoff little series thing, tiebreaker thing, which I'm glad they was able to do that. So we'll see how this unfolds. We on Five Sports Podcast. Going to dive into this as this postseason unfolds. Once again, I want to thank everyone for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. The NFL is going into week number five. So you know we on five sports podcasts got to hit you with our big five, our top five teams and our power rankings. We on five sports podcasts. Man, it's so season so far has been tremendous. We've had some injuries. We've had some teams that have done better than what we expected. We've had some teams do better than we expected with injuries. It's just been kind of a full slate of things. So we're going to get right into it, man. We on Five Sports Podcast, NFL, Power Five, Big Five. Man, at number five, man, this is a team that is very, very interesting to me. Because if you took 75% of the games that they played in, man, these this team has looked phenomenal, man. They got one of the most special football players in the National Football League currently. And that team is the Baltimore Ravens. And I know. And I know the last two weeks for the Baltimore Ravens have been, say, just terrible as far as giving up, you know, giving, they've given up two leads, you know, just comeback wins against themselves at home, man, in their own building. But I think that, I do think that this team has nowhere to go but up, especially on the defensive end. Because right now the secondary has not been playing up to snuff. You know, Humphrey, the cornerback, you know, big money guy. I think he's one of the best corners in the league, man, pound for pound. But I just think that, so far for them, they just trying to get it right collectively as a group. Jim Harbaugh's lost some confidence in this group, but they still got Lamar Jackson. And I think with a guy that dynamic, with them sitting currently at two and two, I think they can go up from here. I think they can learn from what's happened to them so far through the first four weeks of the NFL season. So I see them, you know, creeping on the come up, man, even though they two and two. I can see them, you know, building off of that. Man, in my number four spot, this is a team that's in the NFC North. It's a team that, to me, they're still trying to get their balance a little bit on offense. Similar situation to Baltimore. They got one of the best signal callers in the National Football League, and that's the Green Bay Packers in at number four. 
know, this is a team, man. They got two two real good running backs, man. I like their running back situation, you know, and they ain't been winning ugly. I mean, you talking about a team that's three and one, man, with a point differential of six. So, you know, they've been in some tight, ugly games, especially the game against New England, man, where I thought they were just basically just going to lose. And they gutted it out, you know, playing up against the second-screen quarterback on the other side, man, for the Patriots. And so it was a situation where they had to, you know, win ugly. And sometimes you got to do that in the National Football League. And that's why I got them coming in at number four. Number three, man, this is a team that, had some questions on offense as well due to the fact that they lost their big-time stud receiver. Some know him as the Cheetah and Tariq Hill. And number three, man, I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, man. Big win for them, man, going down to Tampa and handling their business, man. Big win for them. I think that this team being 3-1 and one, with them still trying to kind of figure out just the guy on offense, even though Patrick Mahomes is throwing dimes like they're going out of style, man. Just every time I watch this guy play, he just does something amazing and outstanding every time, man. And for them, it was a huge win for them going down to Tampa and making their defense look like straight garbage. And this was a defense that was number one in the National Football League coming into the game. So definitely I got the Chiefs, man, at number four, man. Come, I'm sorry, number three coming in in our big, big five power rankings. Number two. Number two is a team that I predicted, man, in the AFC to not only win the AFC, but I think it's their year to win the Super Bowl, man, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Man, Buffalo, man, is a team that, you know, they took their L down in Miami. Yeah, I thought it was hot in Miami. It was one of the best games of the season. But, you know, Buffalo, since that loss, man, they've been able to, you know, bounce back, get themselves back to 3-1 and one on the season. And for them... You know, I think they got one of the roughest, toughest quarterbacks in the National Football League, and that's Josh Allen. I mean, I was just impressed to watch this guy slide last week because Josh Allen do not like sliding, man. This guy loves taking contact to be a quarterback, man. But Buffalo Bills, I think they're still trying to work out, you know, the running game a little bit more, get themselves a little bit more complete. But I just think that right now, man, they looking like they just ready to win some tight games like they won that tight game against uh, the Ravens this week in Baltimore. And they're ready to just kind of win those type of games and blow out the teams that they need to blow out. So for me, this week I got them coming in at number two. Number one, man, this is a team that I kept off my big five, power five, power rankings, man. Big five last week, week before. And this team is the only undefeated team left in the National Football League, man, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. One thing I can say, and I've said it before on this podcast, my biggest question with the Philadelphia Eagles was Mr. Jalen Hurts. And Mr. Jalen Hurts came out this year and has been balling, man. Balling. I mean, on the ground as well as throwing the football down the field, man. You know, helps them out to get a big acquisition in A.J. Brown. So I got them coming in number one, man, in the power rankings for this week. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Draymond, Draymond Green, 
Draymond Green. If you haven't been under a rock, I know you all may have heard by now that Draymond Green had an altercation with Jordan Poole of the Golden State Warriors in the Golden State Warriors practice the other day. And, you know, we heard the reports, heard the stories that Draymond Green traded a punch with Jordan Poole. And then we had TMZ always, always available, always in the mix, coming through with the video of the incident. And so like most, I've had an opportunity to take a look at the video, see what's going on. And before I get into it, you know, I'm going to say this. Any hooper that had been on any organized team, you didn't got into it with teammates before. I didn't got into it with teammates before. Over a litany of things. I done had some pushing and shoving, some hand thrown, thrown, no connects, a little bit of a connect. So I understand the dichotomy of all of this. But when I saw the video of this incident, it kind of changed my thought process and all of this. Draymond Green was flat wrong. Flat wrong. I mean, he was the instigator in this whole incident. He walked up on the man. The man just sitting to the side watching practice, watching the drill go on. And he reacted like any other man would react. He got in his airspace, he pushed. Now, I'm not sure what was said, but he pushed. And Draymond Green, you going to hit the man and then hit him and fall with him, as we would say. And so, I'm just going to put it out there. The Golden State Warriors, they need to suspend Draymond Green. I think the man needs to be suspended based on the fact that this is not the first dust up that Draymond Green has had with a guy on the Golden State Warriors, a guy that can score and that can shoot. No different than the situation with Kevin Durant. The only difference was he landed a punch in this one, but as we all know, verbal shots are like punches too. And we all know that helped lead Kevin Durant out of the door for the Golden State Warriors. So, for me, I'm just going to put it out there and just keep it 100. We on five sports podcast, straight talk, no chaser. This is it for Draymond Green. I think this is his last infraction with the team. And I ain't even mentioned when he got into it with Steve Kerr and they had a shouting match. Which happens, you know, it's a competitive sport, man. It happens, man. But, when your value decreases and you're not looked at as, as valuable as you was five years ago, then at some point, Golden State going to have to cut their losses. And this is not a shot at Draymond Green. I actually like Draymond Green as a player. I think he brings the intangibles, toughness that this particular team needs. But fam, that gets stale and that gets old. From a standpoint of just look at the enforcers across the NBA, just historically, Charles Oakley's of the world and you know other other enforcers, is that that role at some point plays out. The NBA is dollars and cents. I mean, it's a salary cap league. So to see this, I was very disappointed in Draymond Green. I mean, you're an OG veteran, man, and people, you know, I'm hearing the chatter of people saying, man. 
you know, Jordan Poole, man, he just think he all that now. He had a great season. I mean, he's a young player. He's supposed to think he's all that. You know, if I got a 22, 23-year-old player on the team, a youngin' that's came into his own a little bit, that's expecting a big bag of money, yeah, I want him to be brash a little bit if that helps him to play at the level we need him to play at. You know, as a veteran or a teammate, you got to adjust to that. Now, obviously, if he's overbearing with it, that's a different story, but... You know, that comes with the game, man. That comes with the territory. Everybody ain't quiet like Steph. Or quiet like Clay. There's going to be some new guys that's coming to the fold and coming to the organization. That's going to bring their own value to the organization and bring a different sense of how they do things personally. So, to me, the Golden State Warriors, if I was the Golden State Warriors, I would suspend Draymond Green for the first three games of the NBA season. I think that at this point, they got to put their foot down as far as suspending this man. You know, this is not his first infraction with the organization. But but I do think that we won't see this situation happen again. So, we on Five Sports Podcast definitely had to get into that whole situation. Once again, I appreciate everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, season number two, episode number five. In this episode, we talked about the whole Draymond Green situation out there with the Golden State Warriors punching Jordan Poole in the face. Straight ordeal for the Golden State Warriors again with Draymond Green. We'll see if the Golden State Warriors suspend Draymond Green for his infraction. We'll see about that. Also, too, we got into week number five, preview look of the National Football League, teams across the league that really, really need this win this week. Definitely broke that down. Also, too, got into my NFL Big Five, my power rankings through the first four weeks of the NFL season. We broke that down. Also, too, we took a little peek into the MLB. MLB, man, you know it's October, so it's time for the playoffs. The MLB got the new playoff format going on, so we kind of had a little sneak peek into the playoffs, and we're definitely going to be updating that situation as the playoffs do kick off and continue through Major League Baseball. So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I appreciate the love and all the feedback. Once again, we on Fire Sports Podcast. National Football League news. Those that follow the NFL, man, like we all do, have been following the situation with the reports coming out of Washington. A report by the Washington Post says that the current Washington Commanders owner, Daniel Snyder, is basically willing to snitch out the rest of the owners in the National Football League if they make any veil attempt of attempting to get him to try to sell his team. And I was looking at this situation and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I do believe that Daniel Snyder has done some bad things as the owner of the Washington Commanders. You know, we had, you know, a thing come out last season with Daniel Snyder as far as his workplace ineptitude, workplace environment that's around the Washington Commanders. And it was a pretty scathing report. 
But once again, he pretty much got a slap on the wrist by the National Football League. They told him to step away from his team as his wife is currently running day-to-day operations for the Washington Commanders. And this sounds eerily similar to the situation with Robert Sarver that we covered on this podcast, man. The owner of the Phoenix Suns had a very similar ordeal, but he chose to take the high road and sell his team. The Phoenix Suns as well as the Phoenix Mercury. But it appears that Daniel Snyder has no interest in selling his team. And it also appears that he's interested in taking everybody down with him that attempts to try to breach him away from his ball club. Now, for me, I don't feel like an owner should just sell his team because other owners don't like him. And I don't feel like an owner should sell his team because he's just not like a good guy, a good person or what people like. Because the NFL is a cutthroat business. Daniel Snyder is a well-accomplished businessman. But with all the stuff surrounding Daniel Snyder, also too with the name change to the commanders, and that was a whole big ordeal, and he did not want to change the name of his football team, but eventually he did. I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, I grew up with the history of this franchise. You know, me being a Bear fan. I mean, we've had some some wars in the past with the Washington Commanders or, at that time, the Redskins. And, you know, I'm just using that term as a footnote. But Daniel Snyder, you're a billionaire, but you're going up against, what, 31 other billionaires? I'm just going to take an educated guess and say that you're going to lose that battle. And I feel like your reputation has been squandered to the point to where if you show us the skeletons in the closet with the other owners, and I've covered this a little bit on this podcast, I do think there are skeletons there with other NFL owners. There's some skeletons there. You know, we've seen the situation with John Gruden and him suing the National Football League as far as his emails coming out. Do I feel like other ownership groups or other owners and organizations have had similar instances of that? Yes, I do. But that don't escape the fact that Daniel Snyder has been a terrible NFL owner. He's been terrible. Straight up terrible. Wish I could use the Charles Barkley voice. Terrible. This guy's been terrible. And... To me, once he shot fired as far as trying to take everybody else down across the National Football League, allegedly, what he said, you're going to lose that battle. And I think for public consumption, I think that most educated people know that other owners have skeletons in their closet. They just know how to play the game better than you, Daniel Snyder. Also, too, we got a team that's playing at FedEx Field as one of the most dilapidated facilities across the National Football League. So there's been pressure for him to build a stadium to no avail. So this situation is going to get juicy. We on five sports podcast. We definitely had to had to chime in on this situation. 
But man, to me, the losers in all of this is the fan base of the Washington Commanders and the people around the D.C. area that love that football team and has loved that football team for generations. And so these are the people who take the L in this situation. But we'll definitely see how it unfolds. We on Five Sports Podcast. Definitely going to hit you back. We get any updates in this situation. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. The NFC least. At the beginning of the season, I took across a, I took a look across the National Football League, and I put it out there. I thought the NFC East, or the least as I called it, was the weakest division in the National Football League. Boy, am I eating crow right now. The NFC East is cracking right now. I mean, you got the Philadelphia Eagles, the top of the division, currently at 5-0. and Jalen Hurts was a guy that I was very questionable about at the beginning of this season. As I expressed before on this podcast, man, I thought that Jalen Hurts was the key to the Philadelphia Eagles trying to make some moves in the NFC East and be a playoff uh, playoff contender. And he's come to play some good football this season. To me, he's definitely an MVP candidate so far this season. Once again, as the Eagles are 5-0, and and they've surprised me. But another team that I went out there and I said, man, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. I don't see all the, all the admiration around this team. It's a very highlighted team. And that's the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott went out with a hand injury a few weeks back. And most people outside of the Dallas Cowboys fans thought that this season was over, that they weren't going to make the playoffs. And during that time, the Dallas Cowboys have easily the best defense of the National Football League over the past three to four weeks. I mean, they're just winning on that side of the football. They've allowed Cooper Rush to play safe football. They've ran the ball with a combination of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And they've won some ball games. They're currently 4-1. And And then you have the biggest surprise to me in the division currently. A team that I thought, if you'd have told me that this team would be 4-1 through the first five weeks of the season, yeah, you'd have got a big bag of money out of me. And that's the New York football Giants. First, I want to tip my hat. DeBron Dayball, I think he's done a great job in New York so far. Coming over, he was in uh, Buffalo last season, his coordinator over there. And he went downstate and got the job for the New York Giants. You know, this is a franchise, you know, with Dave Gettleman when he was a GM that I was very, very critical of. I thought they was devoid of talent and key positions and key areas of their team. And Dayball got him playing like a unit. I mean, they just play, you know, it may not be the most exciting football, but they've grinded out some games, and they're currently 4-1 as well. So, the NFC least is looking like the NFC elite currently. Now, we'll see how this all unfolds for the rest of the season. You know, we only about a third through the NFL season. 
So we'll see how it unfolds. But yeah, man, I've been surprised by these teams. And a couple of these teams could be in We On Five Sports Podcast, NFL, Big Five, Power Five, Power Rankings. We'll see a little bit later on in the show. But man, man, this this division has definitely impressed me. Also, another note is we've had the first firing of the National Football League season with Matt Rule being fired in Carolina as the Carolina Panthers. Man, it was a team that a lot of people didn't have a lot of high expectations on coming into the season. I know I really didn't. You know, they get, got Christian McCaffrey back. You brought in Baker Mayfield. Mm, wait and see. After the first five weeks, they're one and four. And Matt Rule has lost his job. You know, we all know he's going to bounce back those who followed him a little bit in the college ranks. You know, he's going to be up for one of these decent uh, college football jobs. So he's going to be able to bounce back. Also, too, Carolina had to buy him out. David Tepper had to break him off to own a big bag of money on the way out of the door. And so... We'll see with this organization. You know, they're definitely in the football craze area. You know, they've had some success in the past. You know, I do think that they got some some good pieces on their team. But they got to get the quarterback right. You know, they transitioned from Teddy Bridgewater. You know, that didn't, you know, it was basically a rental up in Carolina a couple seasons ago. You brought in Sam Donald from the New York Jets. That flamed out. He's still on the roster, though. And he might be the starter, which wouldn't surprise me in the next couple of weeks. So this organization is definitely trading water. They hired Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach, former coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So he's had a good career running up through the ranks. Everybody pretty much remembers the time when he was fired in Arizona for Cliff Kingsbury after one season. So we'll see what Steve does for the rest of the season with this team, man. But Carolina's definitely appears as back in rebuild mode. So we'll see how that situation unfolds. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to We On Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast coming to you with our NFL Big Five, Power Five. These are my top five teams across the National Football League going up into week number six. Man, we're going to get right into it. At number five, I got the Dallas Cowboys coming in at number five. This was a team got me eating crow. I thought this was a team that was dead in the water once Dak Prescott went out with the hand injury. I thought they was out of there. But the defenses, man, they looking like the doomsday defense back in the day with Tom Landry as this team in over the last three to four weeks was playing outstanding on the defensive side of the football, shutting down the run, making timely plays. I think currently as we speak right now, this is the best defense in the National Football League through five games. You know, they've taken the pressure off of Cooper Rush, allowed him to be able to play some safe football, not turn the football over. You know, dwell on the running game a little bit, give you a couple big plays out of C.D. Lamb. So the Dallas Cowboys, man, I got them coming in at number five in the Power Five big Power Five rankings through the first five weeks of the season. Number four I got coming in. And this is a team that, to me, will surprise some teams. 
And this is a team that, as long as they don't play on primetime, you know, a primetime game, they straight. And that's the Minnesota Vikings, man. Currently 4-1 atop the NFC North. You know, this is a team that's been flying under the radar a little bit. You know, Kirk Cousins, you know, he could be 50-50 at times. But this team, man, is moving in the right direction. You know, I think that the NFC North is one of the weaker divisions across the National Football League. So, you know, Minnesota's been capitalized, especially with Green Bay not playing well the last couple of weeks. Minnesota's capitalized, and I've got them up, man, in my number four spot, man. In my number three spot, I got a team that had a lot of question marks coming into the season, especially on the offensive side of the football, losing Tariq Hill. But they've been able to pick up the pieces. You know, they've been able to kind of mend and, you know, have different guys come in on the offensive end and make some plays. Patrick Mahomes has done a great job of spreading the football around. The defense has been playing above average. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs currently at 4-1, atop of the AFC West. You know how I feel about the AFC West. I think it's one of the most competitive divisions across the National Football League. Kansas City, man, the king of the division, still on top of the division currently. Patrick Mahomes is one of my MVP candidates, man, so far this season. So, man, they're just keeping the train rolling, man. I like what uh, Andy uh, Reid and company is doing out there, man. they just you know, trying to fly under the radar a little bit, still making some power moves. So I see y'all out there, man. So, man, at number two, this is a team that I had to wait and see. You know, they went 2-0. I'm like, all right, let me see them play somebody for real. They went 3-0. Yeah, still not convinced. Right now, man, they 5-0. They got one of the MVP candidates of the season, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles currently at 5-0. Jalen Hurts has been playing MVP football. You know, they've been running the football, a little bit committed to doing that on, the end, on that end. They brought in A.J. Brown. That was a good move for them. He's making some plays. Devontae Smith has heated up a little bit. Dallas Goddard is doing what he do at the tight end position. The defense is stout. To me, one of the top five defenses across the National Football League. So, I like what I'm seeing. I like what I'm seeing from Philadelphia. You know, they got the big matchup with the Dallas Cowboys coming up this weekend. Going to get into a little bit of that later on. But, yeah, man, I got the Philadelphia Eagles, man, coming in at number two. And my number one team in the power rankings, man, this is a team that I predicted to not only win the AFC, but also to win the first Super Bowl, man, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, to me, is the consensus MVP frontrunner if I had to give out the award today. The Buffalo Bills, man, the, the wagons is moving, man. They're 4-1, top of the AFC East currently, and they're just handling their business methodically, man, week after week after week. You know, they had the tough situation down in Miami, but I just thought that was a situation where they had to travel all the way down in Miami, man. It was hot down there. That was one of the best football games I've seen this season. But I think the Buffalo Bills, man, I think they, I ain't going to say they peaking, but they just simply handling their business. And, you know, they trying to get home for the advantage anyway through the AFC. That's they pretty much their goal, so they won't have to go on the road. They got a big-time showdown, man, this week with the Kansas City Chiefs. Out in Arrowhead, I cannot wait for that one. That is one of the most anticipated games I'm going to be checking out this weekend. So, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening, man. We got the NFL Power 5, man, through the first five weeks of the season going into week number six. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on 5 Sports Podcast.